0: Welcome to My SoCast Life, the show where we read our real-life diaries while re-watching that diary of our souls, my so-called life. My name is Matt B.
1: And my name is Katerina G.
0: And we rhyme.
1: Yeah, we do. Friends. It's <laughs> nice.
0: That was unintentional, but it, it really made everything so cool once we started doing the show. So, uh, we're back today to discuss the penultimate episode which I say that only to reinforce for the listeners that penultimate does not mean most ultimate as it is frequently used on the internet, but it means second,
1: second, last, last, which is exactly. weekend.
0: Um, and I love this episode because it is this weird little um, intermezzo between two very heavy episodes, which is Betrayal, where Angela and Rayanne break up, which we discussed in our last episode. And of course, the very last episode ever of my so-called life, which is In Dreams Begin, Responsibilities, and in the middle, they have basically a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Which, which is gorgeous.
1: It's wonderful, Yeah, I love this episode. It's
0: so charming and, 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 and fun. Uh, before we get into it, do we wanna talk about the uh, the real last episode of My Socast Life?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Um, so plans are coming together on what we are gonna do for our live final episode, which takes place on October 22nd, 2016 at the Royal Cinema, right here in Toronto.
1: It's going to be so exciting. Yeah,
0: so we are going to definitely have a clip reel. We are yes. going to definitely, well, I don't know about definitely, but I really want to have a contest. <laughs> like some kind there of dance contest. There will be some kind of contest.
1: Like or, a Blister in the Sun dance yeah, contest or something. Some, or
0: I think Soraya had it with, like, throw uh, What Is Love on there and see if anyone can do the Ricky.
1: Oh, man. You know? That is a hot dance move. Yeah,
0: there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, I I heartily encourage people to attend in costume as any character from, well, anywhere, really, if you want to show up as Batman, go for it, or as the Heath Leather ledger joker i mean sorry the jared leto joker oh, that the, would be like a meta would be very weird
1: concert. <laughs> concept a, a meta concept yeah, yeah, uh, costume. absolutely
0: um but you know costumes from the show definitely appreciate it we are going to have soroya roberts with us to discuss her book uh, in my humble opinion which is all about my so-called life
1: it is a wonderful book yeah. and it will be available for purchase at the show or if you want to buy advanced tickets to come and see the show You can also get the book at a little bit of a discount online in advance as well. Which you um,
0: should totally do.
1: Yeah, you can go to our Twitter or Facebook or the Royal Facebook or go to universe.com slash... Uh, it's either royal M-
0: dash mcl or mcl mcl
1: mcl dash uh, MSCL- royal yeah, yeah. yeah. universe.com slash mscl royal yeah that is where you can buy tickets and uh and the book in advance if you'd like and you will see all three of us yeah. live on the show on
0: and the stage with on the 22nd many images playing behind us we might
1: even watch an episode of my so-called yeah Life.
0: we might have a so-called screening we might as it says in the uh, the show notes um so yeah go get uh, your tickets for that obviously link is available at our twitter at our facebook and anywhere else really anywhere you can find us you can probably I, I tweet about it pretty much daily now so if you're yeah. following me on twitter for example you would get that link in, in a prompt <laughs> fashion uh, and tickets
1: have already started selling that's they're, right they're flying off the they shelves. they
0: are flying off the shelves the are,
1: digital ticket shelves that's right
0: the thing that goes on your phone that i barely understand But we are expecting not just a packed house, but a rush line (laughs) and uh, possibly uh, a riot.
1: Yeah, possibly like a a rush line contest to see who can do the best Claire Danes cry to, you know, be let into that last seat.
0: Absolutely. Um, So back to... uh, No, there's hair in my mouth. Okay, back to the (laughs) episode (laughs) Uh, as people who have been listening to our show would be aware by now, if there is someone who has received repeated praise from both of us, it's not. I mean, if, and if that person isn't Sharon, <laughs> then it would be Danielle, Angela's kid sister. Oh yeah, who is just. Wonderful. And for, again, because this is this weird little comedy break between more serious things, they give the episode to Danielle. This is the Danielle voiceover episode.
1: And it's the cutest. And it, every line of her voiceover is the best.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So she, she says that her whole life is waiting for something to happen. She's It's it's very interesting how they do write her as a an Angela prototype. <laughs> you can see how this self-involvement and this kind of sense that life is supposed to be certain a certain way um but it isn't yet how it could lead her four years down the line to dye her hair crimson glow <laughs> exactly and, 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 and go nuts um so you know she the episode starts with so the, the setup for the episode is basically that patty and graham are going away for the weekend and danielle is just hanging out in patty's bedroom while patty and camille are packing for this event listening to their conversation and being completely ignored because she's playing a game boy, which by the way, a game boy.
1: <laughs> yes. Beautiful.
0: Um, and, and so for reasons I don't,
1: Oh, and she even comments on the fact that you can eavesdrop on adult yeah. conversations anytime you want by just pretending to be playing some, stupid some, games. some <laughs>
0: stupid game. Absolutely. And she talks about how she has the power to be invisible. And then that her entire life is people kicking her out of different rooms. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, it's, it's there there is like a meta level to this whole episode which is that Danielle really is not a very significant character on this show like arguably she could be not there and the show as it as it has been would have progressed pretty much identically she doesn't ever really drive the plot she's always just basically a prop who's, yeah. in, who's in the room to either say something funny, do something ridiculous like stand on her head while an argument is taking place or you know get kicked out of her room. I think the most Danielle time we ever got was Halloween where she dressed up like Angela essentially to be a, an avatar of Angela. Yeah. Right? So it's not like we get a lot of character for her in this episode, but I do like the, how the episode comments on the fact that she's heartily functional within the context of (laughs) my so-called life and not really a person in the eyes of everybody else we've spent all of this time with exactly yeah so i will also mention that this episode is the beginning of my lifelong love affair with the actress named laura Innes, who plays uh cheryl the weirdo uh neil's girlfriend in this episode and then went on i think like within a year to take a very long-standing role on er as uh, as Dr. Carrie Weaver. Uh, oh
1: my God! Yeah. Yeah,
0: and and is a, the different a director hair, a writer. Like a, yeah. I didn't
1: recognize her at all, but of course, yeah, ER. she's
0: she's when she I remember she's introduced at the very end of the second the second season premiere of ER, mm-hmm. and I remember when she when she limped in because that character was on a cane. On a cane, yeah. Um, I hooted with joy because <laughs> I I knew her from this episode, and I was so excited by the idea that that person was going to be. Was going to be an ongoing on that show. Um so anyway, so they're going they're going away, and Camille is basically helping Patty get 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 her her sexually adventurous self on. So giving her uh suggestive clothing and then proposes that she take some handcuffs with her.
1: Yep. Which and, Patty is adorably shocked by. Yeah,
0: which is weird. Here's why I think this is weird. Patty in this whole episode is really weirdly um shy about her own sexuality even with graham
1: yeah and even though she is the one who believes that they need to quote-unquote reconnect yeah clearly meet like means sexually yes (laughs) more than any in any other way
0: yeah and i want i do wonder if that means that she you know the, the the hallie lowenthal thing is happening uh, we get the reference at the beginning of the episode to the fact that Graham was fixing Hallie Lowenthal's car instead of coming home in a prompt manner. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that thing in the wind has sort of spooked Patty into thinking, I better you know, step this up. But then I also look at it and be like, okay, these people have been together for like 20 years. They have uh, teenage children. You'd Is she think... really
1: going to be shy about like being in a negligee around him or yeah. what have you? It or Or would weird.
0: she not know whether to bring the handcuffs?
1: Yeah, you'd think you know? she would know him and herself well enough to yeah. be like, this will be funny, or uh, Graham's not going to go for this, or, yeah. or "or whatever, but to just be sort of like a blushing, yeah. you know, young thing, it has a weird reaction. It's
0: weird, you know, it doesn't quite fit in my my understanding of Patty as a whole, who we've kind of, whether they admit it or not, we've seen in the uh, in the series prior, Patty is is the dom and <laughs> Graham sure. is the sub and their relationship seems to work better when that's the case.
1: Yeah. When they both just embrace that.
0: Yeah. So totally. I don't know. It's, it's, but obviously it, it creates the, the MacGuffin for the episode, which is that she leaves the, uh, the handcuffs behind, Yes, which will be very significant. Um, so Ricky is uh, hanging out for the weekend because the girls will be alone. Mm-hmm. And that places him as Rayanne says, squarely in the middle of the ran Angela conflict um, which is a shitty place for him to be I think we can all understand yeah I uh, don't
1: think he loves it <laughs> no
0: I wouldn't think so and I mean it would be so weird. can you imagine if like so when I was in high school as we've said many times my I was you know there was especially towards the end there's this triangle of me and Sandy and Amanda and it's like if Sandy and Amanda had broken up which they never did I've never even seen them fight <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but if they had it would have been like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Like, you know, like I can, I literally can't choose a side in this, nor can I be neutral because even by being neutral, they will interpret it as choosing a side. Like even by just hanging out at Angela's house for the, for the weekend, yeah. Ricky will be in, uh, interpreted by Iran as having betrayed him. Yeah. But exactly. if he did the opposite, it would have been like, there's no move for him to make that. Yeah. Would have you been, can't
1: win it. That's yeah.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. And, and I mean, it's, lovely that they're so what are they playing like yay or nay there's yeah. a little game they're like they're doing going a, through a magazines day day. and basically judging everything is that what the i, game I is? guess so is that i think that's the game
1: is that the
0: idea um so, anyway so uh so that anyway angela's gonna be left in charge which
1: is a big responsibility is a big responsibility
0: says. and apparently at one time she put danielle in the dryer at danielle's behest <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i really laughed at that line yeah. where she's like she begged me to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, oh danielle
0: yeah so in in the process of them they're, they're leaving late but in the process of them leaving graham uh mentions off the cuff that hallie and brad broke up
1: yeah which... and he mentions it in that typical sort of like I have something to hide Way where he's like, oh, didn't I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Which always is a sign that you did not, in fact, tell her and are trying to be casual about it. Yeah. And, and I not can't, quite succeeding. And I
0: can never tell with Graham is it? Is it that he's genuine, like, okay, Graham as a man is clearly in multiple levels of self-denial. Right. Because he's obviously attracted to Hallie, and probably on some level, he knows that he is attracted to her and that that is also dangerous for him. Yes. But I feel like he's stuck his head so deep in the sand sometimes that he's like convinced himself that it's not a problem. And so, as part of his reinforcement of that, he would do something like not mention to his wife that his business partner, who he is spending all of his time with, broke up with her fiance that patty met yeah you know like exactly. like that's not plausible right except unless you're so busily trying to cover up your own reaction to something that you've actually kind of extended it out into the real world yeah once again characters on my so-called life just sort of lying <laughs> but <laughs> but with no hope in sight of getting away with it you know like how could you possibly have thought this wasn't going to come up exactly you know <laughs> it's it's significant um anyway so marla uh is gone uh cheryl is here instead and i i love that patty very unpattily, doesn't even go with the pretense like graham wants to go talk to neil about what the fuck's going on and patty's just like no i'm going to (laughs) i'm gonna (laughs) leave this stranger alone in my in my foyer
1: (laughs) yep and and
0: and go deal with this because i am not gonna just even pretend that this is expectable
1: uh, yeah yeah, that was, uh, delightful.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, Danielle is talking about how cool it is to hang out with her cool sister and her cool friend, his cool, yeah, her cool friend. And Which
1: is so adorable it's because... It's so cool. It's while they're putting on makeup and, uh, like Ricky's putting on some eyeliner and, uh... Angela's testing out different lipsticks and Danielle is trying to do the same thing that Angela's doing. But every time she grabs one, Angela takes it out of her hands and is clearly annoyed with her being there. But meanwhile, Danielle thinks it's pretty cool that they haven't kicked her out of the room yet. So basically de facto hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, It's like, (laughs) if I haven't been kicked out, that means we're hanging out right now, even if I'm being barely tolerated. Yeah.
0: And again, very much like Angela at the beginning of the series where it's like being in the same place as somebody... Is the isn't first like, step on the road to something being a real thing. It also kind of shows how simplistic Danielle's goals actually are. Like, if Angela wasn't so annoyed by Danielle, Danielle would be the happiest child in the world because, yeah. like, what she actually wants isn't that hard to give.
1: She just wants to hang around, she
0: wants to sit in the room. Yeah.
1: Like, she <laughs> you know? doesn't even like really, it's... you don't even really need to engage with her yeah. all that much. Yeah. She just wants to be there.
0: Absolutely. Um, so. We we go to this bed and breakfast where it is wintry and and I guess they're in like, the mountains in the Appalachian Mountains or something
1: like that. I, I, I don't know Pennsylvania, geographically well
0: enough to Pens- know specifically yeah, like, where they're. Are there mountains in there Pennsylvania? There are some, I, but I'm not. Sure yeah, there's something. Yeah, and anyway. it is January.
1: There's somewhere wintry where yeah. they skating and whatnot. Yeah,
0: and they get down to business immediately, which is we're gonna. Graham is, doing the sex weight. Which I'm sure many of our male listeners, if we have any,
1: <laughs> would be
0: familiar with. Which is, the, you know, the lady's got to go to the bathroom to do something. I'm just going to hang out in bed and pretend I'm not just about to have sex.
1: <laughs> and then she comes out in a very lovely green slip. Yeah. Which she is too self-conscious about. Yeah, very bashful. it's not even... It's not like some... It's not like she came out in like a vinyl bodysuit or like something made out of like straps and bits of lace that looks like you know the cover of like a catalog for like you know a sex store like Mm -hmm. she looks she's wearing like a classy slip yeah and i guess it's not her usual style but it's not over the top like Mm -hmm. it's not like a fishnet catsuit no yeah like it's not you know what i mean like it's not like she came out in pasties and like a you know (laughs) panties made out of feathers like it's yeah there's nothing that crazy about it so the fact that she's so self-conscious and sort of rushes under the covers is also a bit weird because yeah. patty perhaps seems at times a, a little awkward or a little not totally comfortable in her skin but not to that extent yeah. i felt like it was more and like when i was watching and i was thinking is she nervous because she's actually self-conscious about how she looks in this outfit or is she nervous because she's worried about her relationship with graham And it's all sort of, like, conflating into one big, you know, ball of anxiety that actually has nothing to do with how she looks in this, like, perfectly reasonable and not even all that revealing piece of lingerie. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, actually not about that. It's about the fact that he looked under Hallie Lowenthal's hood. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think that these things kind of come together as as one big ball of anxiety. I think that... I don't know. It's weird the the, the narrative that, that Patty writes for herself at various points in this season about how she is meant to behave as a wife in this kind of, I don't know if you want to call it, mid-stage, late-stage portion of their marriage where, you know, again, their their kids are growing up and, and they have this, you know, their their lives are basically teenage daughters and their professional lives. And Patty seems to frequently be like, we're supposed to be doing things to kind of keep the spark alive Yeah. when anytime we've actually seen the spark truly be alive, it's been sort of, uh, you know, it's been unintentional. It's been not through action, but through weird circumstances like haunted Halloween costumes or, <laughs> <laughs> or even just that time they started kind of making out on the couch a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's you know, sort of like...
1: like- Spontaneous or circumstantial or random. Or that time Patty wanted to bone in
0: the middle of the night because they were just, they happened to be awake because she was really upset, you know, like it's, it's sort of like their sex life clearly works fine.
1: Yeah. It seems totally normal. And in fact, like pretty active considering the fact that they've been together for 20 years and have busy lives and teenage children and all of those things. Like, yeah, they they seem like they're doing okay.
0: Yeah. And, And I,
1: I guess Patty is worried maybe she's worried that they need to reconnect because she's actually worried about Hallie Lowenthal. Yeah.
0: And that if she doesn't offer whatever she imagines Hallie Lowenthal could offer,
1: she'll lose him. She'll lose him. Uh, But in general, it doesn't seem like a relationship that is falling to pieces sexually. Like it seems like they're actually, they're doing okay.
0: Yeah. Now all that said, we do have, so I'm going to go down the line here with, with a theory that's going to sound a little weird. Um,
1: I love a good crackpot theory It's not a
0: crackpot theory but it's going to sound <laughs> awkward But I, it, there's no other way to say it so, so so Graham Says I love sex in a different bed and frankly Who the fuck doesn't right It's nice sure so that could be An indicator that what Graham likes Is variety Yeah. you know Like a, he doesn't he is maybe bored By the routine uh, And then they proceed to I, I guess not Have sex because they can hear uh, Cheryl giggling in the next room um, But the next thing that happens, so, okay, the next thing that happens, Rayanne comes over. Of course she does. She invites herself over. Of course. And then she throws herself into Patty and Graham's bed with her boots on. With her
1: boots on. Who yeah. does that? Well, I guess Ameri- Rayanne does that.
0: And also characters on American television shows because people apparently wear their shoes in the house in America. Oh.
1: Um, I do not understand you, America.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: <laughs> For oh this boy. and many other many things.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, she throws herself in the bed and then she says, I love sex in a different bed. So back to back scenes, we have this weird allied line between uh, Rayanne and Graham, and then mm-hmm. what I was thinking was of that time that a, a previous crackpot theory of mine on the show that that Rayanne kind of gets Graham on a sexual level because she knew about the mustard. She was like, mustard is always about sex, and then whenever Graham is frustrated with Patty, he goes looking for the mustard in the hot mustard, special mustard, fancy mustard. It's like. I know that she's a teenage girl and that he's her best friend's father, but on a weird level, are Rayanne and Graham the most sexually compatible pair on the show? (laughs) Like, do they understand sex in the same way?
1: Oh my god, that is a weird and disturbing theory. And and
0: please, understand, I'm not proposing that they should have sex, but it is weird the number of times this show has allied them with the way they speak about sex or sexually related matters.
1: That is actually pretty weird. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Like, it's obviously intentional. Yeah. And, yeah... Oh, that's uh, now I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah,
0: like if Graham could find a 40-year-old Ann, and God, I hope that doesn't mean Amber. Amber, yeah. <laughs> but if Graham could find a 40-year-old, is that basically what he's looking for from a sexual partner? Is that level of sort of free-spiritedness to balance his rooted homeness?
1: I think m- maybe yes. You know? Maybe that is what he that means. That is
0: what he's pulled towards this, this Hallie Lowenthal person as the ladies would call her <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's my crackpot theory um and then we get the the big the big moment which is that rayanne locates of course she does again this whole sequence is a lot of of course she does. of course rayanne invites herself over with a lame excuse of course she jumps on the bed with her boots on and then of course she finds the handcuffs and doesn't just find them but uses them to handcuff herself to patty and graham's bed boom
1: yeah that's definitely yeah I mean, it's definitely something that only Rayanne, I think, could do because Mm -hmm. anyone else would either find it weird or would check for a key. Yeah. Like, if I found random handcuffs, even as a teenager, I wouldn't have used them on myself unless I was sure there was a key. Like, I was never that.
0: Yeah. I feel um, like it would be situational. Like, if I found a pair of handcuffs in a sex shop. And I couldn't see a key. I would assume that someone in the building had the key. For sure. However.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you found them in your
0: friend's parents'
1: parents' bedroom. I would
0: really want to locate the key before screwing around. Now, Raeanne does a few interesting things here. First of all, she immediately assumes that they're Grahams. Like when she finds them, she says, all right, Graham. You know, because it reveals a dimension to their sex life that... Uh, she wouldn't have imagined was there. She then, in role playing with the handcuffs, decides that Patty would actually be the dominant character, yeah, and that and Graham would be right. handcuffed to the bed, <laughs> and, and 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 she's right. Although we, weirdly in this episode she's wrong, yeah, you know, true. But like in general she's right. You know, again, ran very insightful about mm. Graham's sex life in ways that make me uh, uncomfortable and propose <laughs> weird theories. And now she's locked to a bed. Um, so back at the ranch or the bed and breakfast or whatever the hell this thing is. Is that guy from the bed and breakfast from Twin Peaks? Yeah. Okay. That's where he's from. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Patty wants to go ice skating. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, she wants to plan the day. She wants to have a plan so that they can get maximum fun and activities out of their day um, and and everyone else is aghast at
1: this idea. At the idea of planning. <laughs>
0: um, Graham is kind of he pass he does the passive aggressive agree where yeah he'll go along with what she says but it, you know that's just not his his thing. Um, but then they figure out that there's no booze at the, the the place
1: at the bed and breakfast,
0: and so they're gonna go and that's red alert. <laughs> they gotta deal with the situation immediately, and it's. So, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, whenever the hell this show was on um I was very pro patty in this situation where she's like, "You know do we really need alcohol
1: to have a good to time? have a good time
0: here and the answer as uh, I can assure you as a forty year old I'm forty now by the way um <laughs> is is no, you really don't and and that's yeah. ridiculous. I can also say, as a forty year old I'm very well aware that Patty is being a moron in this situation because those three people would never go into that Saturday night without booze available.
1: Yeah. Like in principle, one does not need alcohol to have a good time. I have had plenty of good times without getting drunk with groups of my friends and that's just fine. But when you're stuck at a bed and breakfast, With In an awkward situation with another couple where you were expecting one partner to show up and a total stranger showed up instead who you don't really click with, probably a glass or two of wine is going to help everyone get along better. And it's going to be just a much more pleasant experience. And there's no way that Patty doesn't recognize that because (laughs) really, Mm -hmm. come on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Again, 40-year-old woman. And I'm like, whether she recognizes that it'll improve the situation or not, she should have been in enough situations by now to know that you literally cannot argue with adults about whether or not there needs to be alcohol. <laughs> like the minute someone says there needs to be alcohol,
1: then there needs th- to be alcohol. If you draw
0: the line that says that there shouldn't, you're making a catastrophic strategic <laughs> error. Like literally no grown-up I've ever m- You know what the funniest thing is about people who do and don't drink? And I do a bit of both. Um is whenever someone says they're not going to drink, the the default response is, uh, you know, you're no fun. You're, but the thing is, <laughs> try to convince someone who is going to drink that they're not going to, and you will see the most anal retentive, absolutely stuck in their ways, not going to budge, not going to move person on earth yeah you cannot convince someone who thinks wine is great that it is not great or that it is not necessary yeah it can't be done
1: if someone is planning to have a drink yeah boy yeah you (laughs) will see some
0: no fun come out while you try to convince them otherwise totally yeah um so yeah like i said patty makes a a strategic error here which is basically she isolates herself from the group on purpose to kind of probably just because she's a little pissed off right this whole thing is not going the way she wanted it to and we all know how patty behaves when things don't go the way she wants them to yeah she gets very uh stuck up about it
1: and now it's like now there has to be this like errand to find booze and yeah it's taking time away from whatever she had planned for the day skating yeah. and probably a bunch of other activities and mm-hmm. and, and now annoying. she makes a second
0: strategic error which is instead of just going with the flow and going with them to get the booze which again she decides to obviously behind. you do that yeah, obviously. she decides to stay behind and again maybe she really did think it would only be like 45 minutes or an hour and she But no, she's trying to make a point about how she's not okay with this plan, so she stays behind. Yeah. And then she spends the rest of the day waiting for them to come back, and again, isolates herself further because she's missing the grand adventure of the ginger apple snap brandy, or whatever the fuck it's called.
1: Yeah. I think Patty should have just gone skating.
0: Ooh. In terms of, you know, being herself. and
1: Yeah, like, she was there. No, They didn't come back after an hour. They didn't come back after 90 minutes. She should have just been like, all right, I'm going to do the activity that I had planned and I'll see you guys later. Yeah. And then she would have been probably still just as pissed off, but maybe like in a slightly more like uh, self-satisfied way. Yeah. <laughs> like she would have maybe felt better about the fact that she did the thing that she was planning to do, even if she spent the whole time while skating kind of stewing over the fact mm-hmm. that she was by herself. Yeah. It would have been more fun than sitting around yeah. in the bed and breakfast. all Yeah. Day.
0: You do you, Patty. Exactly. And here's a question. And maybe I misunderstand the use of the term. Maybe it applies in situations that I don't fully understand. Who the fuck goes spelunking in the middle of winter?
1: Wouldn't that be horrible? It sounds terrible and potentially dangerous. Yeah. Like, it's snowing out there. It could be slippery. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound like fun at all. It sounds cold and and miserable. Yeah,
0: like spelunking is cold and miserable in the hottest day of the summer. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know why. Anyway, maybe they just thought that the word sounded funny so they went for it and that's fine. Um, So we have Angela back at, meanwhile back home. Angela is slut-shaming Rayanne up and down the bed, you know, (laughs) because she naturally assumes that this is just part of her insane lifestyle and that if it's, their handcuffs are not hers then they must belong to one of the rando boys that she has sex with all the time and admittedly, Angela is very recently, stung by the fact that Andrew, that Rayanne slept with Jordan Catalano. Yes. Who, by the way, I am persistently convinced Jordan is in this episode, and every time he doesn't ever show up, I'm surprised. Like I don't know why. I think that Jordan turns up in the 11th hour to help with the problem, but he's not. This is he he's doesn't. not in it. He's no. just not in this episode at all. Um, but anyway,
1: there's even like a completely random friend of Kyle's whose name I n- don't even know if we ever.
0: Is it Craig?
1: Is it something like that? Could be anything. Brad, whatever. Whatever. No, Brad's the other guy. Yeah, Um, (laughs) Brad's Hallie's guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I remembered while watching this episode that there was a pair of handcuffs that floated around my friend group. What? When we were in high school, <laughs> that uh, sat in my closet for a long time, and then they were with my friend Rupa for a long time, and once in a while she would wear them as an accessory, uh, uh, like attached to her belt loop of her jeans. Um, and I'm trying desperately to remember whether we uh, like. I know that we bought them from like a novelty store for a lark for you know, ten dollars or whatever. Sure. But I'm trying to remember whether we did it in response to this episode. And I don't remember. I Mm -hmm. I don't know where it falls in the timeline. None of us ever used them for anything sexual. Or none of us ever used them, period. Mm -hmm. They just kind of hung around. They were just the thing that you (laughs) had. They were just the thing that we had that floated around from person to person. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
0: Cool. Um, so, uh, So obviously Angela's having a little trouble adjusting to the idea that they might be her parents. Which let's consider that for a moment.
1: I would be very disturbed if I had, as a teenager, even now, but as a teenager, I mean, at any point in my life, if I had found handcuffs in my parents' bed, I don't think that I would have been Mm -hmm. super cool with that. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been an unpleasant thing to contemplate. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, And it's even more unpleasant that she might have to um, explain it to Danielle. Yeah. Which, at one point, she tries to do, and Danielle claims childlike in ignorance and disinterest. And then by the dint of the fact that uh, Angela has circled this problem, uh, now she is curious and has lost the opportunity to find out what's going on. (laughs) Um, But anyway, the big, so the first major kind of crowd comes together scene happens when Camille comes over to get the handcuffs, but also to check on the kids, bring Sharon, and, and Angela has to figure out a way to not let Camille go into the bedroom. So she asks about justice <laughs>
1: <laughs> which wonderful
0: is great is a very it's it's almost like seeing an Angela Chase superhero moment because it's like the moment she realizes she can use her ability to just ponder and meander aimlessly with her thoughts and words uh, to creative effect, which is basically I'm going to take my internal monologue and put it out outside. And 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 I'm gonna thereby stop Camille from going up the stairs by talking to her about whether or not I should return this sweater, that I don't have the that I I, won't, I don't know what it is she's owned it for a while she's not really sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, it, it's an it's an a noble effort. Yeah, it she really is. She tries very hard, does not quite succeed. Camille goes upstairs. Lo and behold.
0: Uh, the kids.
1: The kids have concocted a scheme. Yes,
0: that's right, and are using again superhero moment. They're using Rayanne's innate skill, which is as an actress and a liar, yes. to pretend that Rayanne is in some sort of a coma <laughs> some on the sort bed, of swoon. Yeah, and what <laughs> one of the nicest things about this episode is they do do a reaction shot of Camille, given the "you got to be kidding me" look to Angela. She's not buying it. She knows the kids are up to something. She's not going to press them on it because she's a cool mom. Yeah. But uh, thank God this thing, like, because it's such a stupid idea, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, aside from being very movie and TV, it's just sort of like one of those things where if you really thought it through, the outcome here is that she's going to, the mom is going to want to investigate further. Yes. So really the only way they get out of it is that Camille lets them get out of it, which is cool. Um, good for Camille. I love the thing where where Angela I don't know if I understand why Angela bursts out laughing. Like I don't know why she finds it that funny that this is what's happening, but I do love that Ricky who is now fully in go mode on this thing pretends that she's joking. He yeah. <laughs> goes and sh- gives her the Heimlich to further up the chaos in the in the in the moment here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like Angela's burst of laughter is like a pretty accurately teenage thing. Like that hysterical laughter where like some something's happening that is sort of funny but your reaction to it is totally way over the top and over the top and and like you can't like deal Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what you do is react inappropriately yeah (laughs) that i feel like that's a very teen thing i i'm sure i did that many a time
0: oh I'm, i'm sure i did as well um so back in uh bed and breakfast land the the gang finally returns from their booze expedition Uh, it was weird to be just like, oh yeah, life before cell phones. Yeah. You know?
1: Totally, like they couldn't just uh, let her know where they were at. Yeah, or what was going on.
0: Um, So Graham has, I think this is significant, Graham has loaned Cheryl his sweater. Yes. And this is when I realized, again, we've talked about Patty as the dominant character and Graham is the submissive. Patty has reacted twice in this episode to Graham uh, going to the rescue of other women. Patty also, based on her Rapunzel experience, I would argue, wants to be rescued by Graham. Yeah. This is the this is the paradox basically with Patty, which is that she does want to be in control and she is the the dominant character. And yet she's yearning to not be that and be treated submissively by her husband. She wants basically Graham to man up, for want of a better to her. Not yeah. just to other people. Graham finds it a lot easier to be uh, masculine, traditionally masculine with other women because yeah. she is so dominant at home.
1: Exactly. So is
0: that the core of their problem?
1: Could be. Interesting. Because it's it's not
0: really solvable if that's the case, right? Like, yeah, she like can't he, have it both ways.
1: She's not, yeah, she doesn't give him a way in to be more masculine with her, and yeah. he certainly is not actually uh, dominant enough, a personality to just like grab the bull by the horns and do it um so yeah it's never that's never gonna happen
0: yeah which is sad it is um so rayanne
1: but it is also like that so i was thinking about it when they they come back they've had this grand adventure and you think like even in the age of you know before cell phones if you're gonna be all day yeah find a payphone. yes like tell the one person who's not in your party that it's taking a while yeah how hard is that? That's not that hard. Like that is just a normal, considerate thing to do, to be like, hey, we're gonna be another three hours, maybe like do an activity.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh so kind of inconsiderate that they didn't phone her, that Graham didn't think to like, oh, very. stop and let his wife know. Yeah. Um and then the uh the sweater, like is that a weird thing? I couldn't decide whether I found it weird. Is it weird if you're with a couple for the man who's not part of that couple to be the one to give like a warm up article of clothing to, to the other woman? Like, is that an unusual thing? Like
0: I, if- I think it's a little weird. I mean, no, it's not weird at all because here's basically what happened Neil is a selfish, immature jacktart, and True. he wasn't giving warming clothes to his uh, partner for the weekend. And Graham, because he's Graham, was like, "Well, if my idiot younger brother isn't going to do this, I I'm going to do, do this because yeah. I'm not a monster, <laughs> basically." Right. So no, I don't think it's I don't think it's weird at all. Maybe um, it's
1: not weird because Graham and Neil are brothers. Yes, if it I think was it like only works if a if random, brothers. not random, but if it was another, like if it was a couple who were just friends of theirs, I feel like it would be more weird. Yeah,
0: that's absolutely true. But all because right. Neil's his younger brother and is obviously a backwards moron. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see Graham doing this.
1: Yeah, okay. And
0: I think Patty reacts overreacts to it as an as an idea. But again, I I you know, as the person who for reasons having to do with uh control and need for validation who has done his fair share of waiting for groups to come <laughs> back or people to show up or whatever. I I I can sympathize with Patty and just sort of how weird. It's frustrating that she totally put herself in this situation. Yeah. But I can sympathize with how completely off she would be by the time they finally got back.
1: And and she put herself in this situation in order to make a point, but by the time they come back, like her point has not been made with them. Right. Like they didn't even think about her for a second yeah (laughs) obviously because otherwise they would have phoned her and they had a fun adventure and they're giggling and they're not at all apologetic about how long it took Mm -hmm. so she was trying to make a point about how she you know had a plan for the day about how she didn't really approve of the booze run and she was hoping i think that they would be efficient yeah because she was making this point even though she wasn't willing to fully come out and say it directly uh, but it goes completely not the way that she'd hoped Mm -hmm. so now she's not she's put herself in this position and she's mad about it now and like the anger is mostly directed at them but she's got to be kind of mad at herself a little as well for how much it didn't work out (laughs) right
0: yeah absolutely so back home the kids are all just sort of hanging out on the bed it's very if you look you'll see that Danielle is feeding Rayanne sandwiches (laughs) In the corner, and Sharon proposes they bring Brian Krakow over because he'll and, know what to do, and because he'll sense. know what to do. And Danielle has such a crush on him, oh my god! Which we've known all season long, but is probably you know taken to the nth degree on this one. She actually is like you know, part of his shoulder touches her arm as he walks through the door, and she like <laughs> thinks that she's gonna faint. And
1: she looks at him so dreamily, yeah,
0: so dreamily. And you know, in terms of just age-inappropriate couplings, it's like you know Brian could totally score with Danielle. That's who Brian can get. He can get an 11-year-old. That's it. I feel so bad for that guy because he's kind of aware of it, like that there's this weird crush thing happening and he doesn't have any better idea what to do about this than anything else in his life. You know, he's just baffled by everything.
1: He's just flustered by it. (laughs) And, yep.
0: Brian, I should say, could also, I think, theoretically, score with Sharon. Here's why. <laughs> when Brian says out loud, they're, so they're, the idea that they come up with is let's go to a sex shop and get identical handcuffs because that will have an identical key.
1: This makes sense. Yeah.
0: And the, the sex shop is called the Pleasure Center. And Brian says, I don't even know where the Pleasure Center is, which is a great thing for any male, or particularly a teen male, to say out loud. And then Sharon says, Don't worry, I'll show you. <laughs> So I'm like, hey man, maybe in like two season two, season three, Brian and Sharon could have hooked up because you know what? That would have been great for Brian, maybe less so for Sharon, maybe but maybe not so. so bad for Sharon either because you know, like there's there's the opportunity for Sharon to be sort of the more experienced partner in a relationship might not be a bad thing. Might be good she's for been her. you know with with Kyle who traditional male values. I'm in charge. He, she may just be using him for sex, but you know yeah. is 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 not really ringing her bell. Plus you gotta,
1: you gotta assume that being in an actual relationship with a human person other than himself would be like really good for Brian. Yep. And he'd probably end up being a pretty good boyfriend Mm -hmm. if he was given the chance. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. that's the
0: thing. I think, I feel like that's a good future couple. Yeah. Like I think Sharon could mentor Brian in the ways of physical love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that with a little bit of you know working on his complete inability to be emotionally uh real she could get a good boyfriend out of that deal yeah. maybe that's you know unfair of me to be like sharon needs to work on this guy to make him work out i don't know <laughs> i don't, I, don't I, I I didn't think this through before i talked it out um anywho so what in the name of hell is patty wearing to this dinner because she looks like Doris Day (laughs) she's got like a frilly white blouse and a and like a I think it's like a like a plaid skirt or something like that yeah
1: basically instead of the backless black dress that Camille was suggesting at the beginning of the episode which she clearly thought was a little bit too revealing and risque she decided to go completely to the other end of the yeah. spectrum and dress like some sort of fifties school mom on yeah. Christmas vacation. Yeah, exactly. Really... She
0: looks like old photos of Barbara Bush.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is
0: terrible, <laughs> terrible thing for that to do. And, and, and initially she will not drink at the dinner because she's still trying to reinforce this thing. That, and you know what? I, I can see it. It's a small dining room. I don't know what these guys thought was going to happen with sneak in their booze. Like it's just not that easy to get secretly toasty. Yeah, problems happen. It's true, but eventually, I mean, she...
1: if if you really, <laughs> Okay, I had two questions about them getting drunk. Yep. One was, did they really only buy the one Mickey of ginger brandy or whatever seems it was? Seems like there
0: were two. All right, but because nonetheless, it seems like
1: not enough booze. Yep. For that many adults. Yep. To actually get like as wasted. I mean, maybe if Patty, you know, never drinks and has a very low tolerance, perhaps. Yeah. But I feel like that that small size bottle uh, wouldn't go that far.
0: Yeah. I, Especially
1: I, if you're d- drinking it with a meal.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you know?
1: Like, it just that would be enough for everyone to maybe feel a pleasant, warm glow, but not, like, to be falling all over themselves and creating a ruckus maybe <laughs> in the dining room.
0: Maybe it's vastly overproof, though, right? Like, if this <laughs> is some weird, like, backwoods, moonlight st- still kind of stuff from Pennsylvania... Like, who knows? Maybe it's like 80% alcohol. 200 proof. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Or maybe, you know, which is more likely, maybe Neil and Graham really don't drink it because they don't actually care. Maybe the only person who really wanted booze was Marla. No, Marla. Uh, Cheryl. 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 She gets buzzed. But Patty, because like you said, doesn't really drink, gets ripped. Yeah. And then uh, shit goes crazy. She points out that Graham is a food snob to the man who's serving the dinner and, and, and more things yet to come. But meanwhile, back home, Sharon has run into Kyle around the corner from the pleasure center, which is a perfect metaphor <laughs> for their relationship, by the way. And he's followed her home to Angeles. Followed her, the, her home. She's making out with him on the Chases' front porch with his dude bro friend standing five feet away.
1: That is the Plain weirdest part of cool. that. Yeah, just chilling, yeah. just you know, tagging along, no yeah. big deal.
0: And then to kind of underline that, or do the flip side version of it. Kyle goes in to use the washroom, uh, encounters the situation in the master bedroom, obviously uh, in great my so-called life tradition, doesn't entirely understand the context of what he is overhearing, thinks that Brian is giving it to Rayanne with his massive member that's too big to fit, and that Angela... Ricky and Danielle are, just are sitting in the corner watching watching and 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 then I got to be like, "Well, why do you think that's so weird? You just had made your buddy watch you make out with your girl like true <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a little bit weirder, but, but nonetheless, in your bizarre worldview, Kyle, having a friend just watch you do stuff is normal, so maybe don't make such a big deal out of it. <laughs> <Old> jerk." <laughs> Um so Patty takes off her top in the restaurant and has to be carried out of self same restaurant by the two men.
1: She's she, great. She plays a great is drunk. She's wonderful.
0: Yeah, she does play a great, great drunk, but her behavior is is unacceptable. It's <laughs> uncool. Then we have a very brief but very sweet conversation between two people who never talk on this show, which is Danielle and Rayanne. Yeah. Um,
1: a very adorable scene.
0: Yeah, a very adorable scene where they kind of Danielle with, the, the, again, that kind of innocent wisdom of being just a child, is like, why do you do all this shit? <laughs> you know, what is this about? And, and, and Rayanne basically gives like the ADHD credo, which is that she sees her life happening in slow motion, not enough stuff is happening, so she just sort of does things to make stuff happen. Yep. And that's kind of sad.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is.
0: Yeah. And then Angela will find them cuddled up together in the morning, which is adorable, that basically Rayanne used Danielle as a teddy bear.
1: and Danielle got to have like a big sister sleepover yeah which would never ever happen with Angela which again
0: you know very basic simplistic things that Danielle wants that would not be hard to give her needs are simple yeah like this weekend where they were going to be alone together Angela could have just spent that time at home with her sister yeah wouldn't have killed her and would have made Danielle the happiest person alive yeah she wouldn't have even had
1: to do anything with her
0: none of this would have happened if she hadn't invited Ricky over, if she had just decided to spend the weekend with Danielle, none of this would have happened. It's true. Makes you think, Angela. Come on.
1: <laughs> Come on.
0: So Patty's hungover. Obviously, she flips out of Graham at, at uh, the gas station for uh, going under Hallie Lowenthal's hood. And Graham. Graham
1: is confused because he thought they were talking about Cheryl and, yeah, and the, the sweater weekend and, and the all weekend, that stuff. And
0: the... Yep. And I, I mean, I will say, Graham, you're an idiot for being like, what are we talking about here? But then I will also say, Graham, that is what it is like to be in a conversation with a female partner is they will frequently jump tracks on you and you got to keep up. It's normal. Yeah. You know, you think you'd be used to it by now. So Brian disassembles the bed finally. And uh, Rayanne just wants to take off. And then again, classic John Hughes, basically the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> while everyone's arguing and fighting. Um and if you really listen to the improv lines between Ann and Angela as they're fighting, it's great. But as all this is happening, uh, Daniel gets the phone call that parents are going to be home in 20, so they have to panic clean. Avengers assemble. It's time to panic clean the house. And of course, it's not even just the bedroom. There's a sleepover den in the living room. There's all this other stuff they've got to and get gotta figured And you've got to
1: wonder, in this age before cell phones, why did they stop 20 minutes before they got home yeah. to call and say they were on their way home? Why didn't they just call when they were leaving the bed and breakfast which was definitely more than 20 minutes away from their home
0: yeah why didn't they call from the gas station when they stopped to get gas there's all these operative they would have stopped again between the gas station and home to call home to say we are going to be arriving shortly um but anyway uh so they 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 get it all figured out and patty and graham one of the two i think it's patty gets locked to the bed Yes. We never see it because it's all happening behind.
1: But first, doors. there's there's adorable hijinks where Danielle finds the key to give to Rayanne oh, to yes. uh, yeah, absolutely. actually take the handcuffs yeah. off, so they can put them back in the box yeah. and leave them where they found them. Uh, which is a very cute moment of Danielle getting to be a contributing member of the team. <laughs> Possibly
0: the only time she has ever um, given specific agency in the entire run of my
1: so-called life pretty <laughs> much she
0: actually affects the plot and then i love it whenever all the kids are leaving and they have these like goodbye moments at the door with angela and brian's like totally i don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to be doing right now like he just yeah. sort of like oh okay i guess <laughs> i'm leaving until Ricky like pushes them out yeah, yeah, of the way exactly. basically um yeah. so so good um and then so we have we didn't mention the earlier version but we had a scene earlier where where rayanne needed to talk to angela and angela thought it was about their thing and gets into a whole speech about it and then Rand's like no I just need to pee and then you gotta wonder she was locked to that bed for like another 24 hours nothing else needed to happen
1: I mean I mean it's disgusting
0: as hell that she peed in a jar and that her friend had to like go dump said jar but my god
1: I'm gonna go ahead and guess she had to probably pee many times yeah. over 24 hours yeah. I can't go 24 hours no. and only pee once no. that's that's no. Yeah.
0: yeah. But anyway, on the way out the door. Let's uh, not even think about it. Angela now <laughs> wants to talk to Rayanne. Rayanne's like, look, let's not have a big thing here. But Angela, as much as she dislikes Rayanne right now, knows, just knows Rayanne well enough to know that that little trickster goddess, Loki in female form, took the key. Yep. Gets it back. Good for her. Now, no idea how they resolve this problem because Patty is locked to the bed. Angela has the key. Yep. Graham is going to try to solve this problem. But we have, for the second time, and I think the last time, a little bit of a stinger on the end credits, which is uh, we see the, the bass, fishing, bass fishing show on TV, and we hear Patty and Graham talking about uh, their predicament. Which is. is lovely. And I have to assume intentionally uh, sexualized. Yes. Right. Whoa! Would you look at the size of that baby? <laughs> That's a keeper. Let's see you fry that up.
1: <laughs> and then adorable. And
0: then we're we're out. So,
1: uh, but uh, one of the best little wrap up moments uh, is when everyone leaves yes. and Angela says it was the weekend from hell, yeah. and Danielle's Daniel voiceover says, is best, best weekend, weekend of, of her life. Of her
0: life. <laughs> yeah. Again, very simple. To entertain danielle they yes. could just involve her and she'd be happy of the clan.
1: another cute moment uh at the end is when graham decides that he's going to solve this problem with wire cutters or whatever which was also brian krakow's idea yep. at first uh and brian krakow was like dads have these not my dad yeah. but normal dads <laughs> yeah. and uh like, you, know is like, oh, you know who would have these bob krakow <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> alas <laughs> yeah i would
0: love I mean, again, there's a nice, there's a suggestion of an interesting story that follows the end of this episode because you have the scene of Graham going to Brian's house to ask for the wire shears. So Brian being like,
1: what Uh. the fuck?
0: (laughs) And then, of course, you also have somehow Angela having to figure out a way to get the key into the room that has Patty locked to the bed.
1: (laughs) Yep. Amazing.
0: Amazing uh so that's weekend that is our second last episode of my so-called life and i will say that i i skipped ahead and had a look and my journal entry for next week is fucking deservedly epic amazing deservedly epic i'm but very much looking forward this to that. week's is relatively short so All i'm right. gonna I'll, I'll just go ahead I, I don't even know if i remember exactly what the fuck i was talking about here <clears throat> Surprise, surprise, because my journal entries do not have context, as we've discussed before. But anyway, uh, this is the part of the show where we read our actual diaries from the day the episode aired, which in this case was January 19th, 1995. So here we go, one which was a Thursday. Of course, my so-called life aired on Thursday. Went in, got out fast, no contact. I hope the first time I see Sandy will be quite anticlimactic. I get the shakes just thinking about it now. Have the last two days done any good? God, I hope so. I never had any major crisis or shedding of emotion, though. I was running, not confronting. I am unhappy to report that these two days have in no way improved or altered my mental state. I cannot say what would have happened if I had gone to school. Not going to school just spun me in neutral. So I don't know what the hell's going on.
1: I love teenage Matt. <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: know what's going on. It sounds like I, I didn't go to school for a couple of days to, yep. to avoid Sandy. It also sounds like I went to school on this day, didn't see her. Right. But I do not know what event precipitated this, I got to stay away from this person thing. Oh, Sandy. Yeah, seriously. She figures prominently in next week as well. Uh, (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) This was when the shit was really kind of going down with that whole unrequited love affair crush (laughs) thing. Um, I mean,
1: since we started this podcast with a sandy 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 yeah. entry it's mm-hmm. kind of fitting that the final yeah. one would be an epic sandy yeah, entry as well
0: i feel like at the live show i might need to you know like bring, bring her, her up on, on stage, stage. <laughs> <laughs> what i would love to do i was thinking about it this morning it would be like we're all like, very
1: curious to meet everyone, her, you know? yeah
0: so you could ask me on stage to be like you know what happened with sandy and i could just turn to the audience and go readers i married her but i didn't <laughs> i wish that had been the case no um <laughs> Uh, no, so I, I again, I don't know what the what what on earth is going on here. But I will say that this remain this remains consistent even to now. Where when I have been uh, hurt, boy, howdy, do I think a lot about how to get into and out of situations where I might see that person, like my workplace, without having to deal with that situation. It's amazing how nothing has fucking changed in 21 years. <laughs>
1: Oh, life. <laughs>
0: yep. And what do you have for us today?
1: My entry is, uh, it's almost more appropriate for last week because it's sort of about me being alienated from my best friend. Uh, but maybe not because it's not over a big betrayal. So Oh, okay.
0: Just feeling uh, alienated. Just
1: feeling, you know.
0: Is it because is, your best friend OD'd like... on something and had to have <laughs> their stomach pump? Because that's why Angela initially felt alienated.
1: <laughs> well, you'll, you'll see. Yeah, I guess find I'll out. find I'm <laughs>
0: Sorry. Spoilers.
1: All right. Wednesday was cool. I was having a kind of bad trip. Uh, I felt really bad anyway. At any rate, it's been a while, so let me fill you in. Rupa went to Jamaica, and she came back different. She met these apparently cool guys, Clive, Ricardo, and Daniel. (laughs) She's too mellow now. She's suddenly Miss Mellow Chainsmoker slash smoking is really bad for you. I really don't mind, except she got stoned without me, and tomorrow she's skipping the day to hang out at Jeff's house, and she hasn't been doing any work with me on our drama thing, which, by the way, is due next week. You know, radio theater. Jason's in it. It bothers me because she was always missed, do your homework, school is important, etc. And now her marks, on average, are probably the same or worse than mine. She only has one A, I believe. This is pathetic. I feel so alienated from all of my friends. I feel, I don't know, this is stupid. That Wednesday when we were high, I thought, this is dumb. What a waste of time. Isn't there something better I could be doing? I felt like... A waste of time, and I don't want to do it again, and I don't feel close to Rupa, I feel closer to Jason now, but that's probably because I don't know him as well. Why can't I let people really get to know me? Why can I talk to virtual strangers more than I can to my supposed best friends? What is wrong with me? Why do I feel like I could talk to Mr. Cheslow easier than my friends and family? I need a non-parental, mature adult to listen to me. Oh, well.
0: (laughs) Wow. I think... That entry or a very close facsimile of that entry is probably in every teenage diary on the planet.
1: (laughs) I think so too. Right?
0: Like that is the most universal thing I think either of us have read on this show. That moment where...
1: It's like uber teen. Uber
0: teen. But it's also like, it's absolutely this this weird crisis of self that we all have where someone that we think is like the closest person in the world to us begins to change or kind of goes down. What is probably ultimately a very... Uh, insignificant tangent from us and we muse on this thing where the we thought the deal was the person that's closest to us is the person we're supposed to be able to talk to the most but there's that weird factor that happens to all of us where someone we're a little bit more distant from is easier to talk to like oh it's all there it's all there totally oh my god (laughs) i i probably have i could probably find the equivalent entry in mine where i'm just like how come I can't talk to my best friends, but I can talk to someone I've like met for the first time at a party for three hours? Yep. You know? Who was Mr. Cheslow?
1: He was my history teacher. Okay. Uh, he was a great teacher. I really liked him. Um, I had him for a couple of the mandatory history classes that you take in high school. And then I took OAC Law, and he was the teacher of that class as well. Okay. And – um I just thought he was a really good teacher. I enjoyed his classes. And then there was one time... uh, I don't remember if it was this school year. Probably. If I'm mentioning him, it was probably this school year. Where he, like, asked me to stay after class. And he just like asked me how I was doing, like asked me if everything was okay because I had clearly like not, you know, I'd been skipping class, maybe Mm -hmm. not doing, uh, not putting as much effort into my homework or whatever. And he noticed, and he just wanted to check in with me. And it was a really nice thing that he did. And I ended up having a really nice conversation with him where I did feel like I was able to sort of tell him about some of my uh, whatever stupid, angsty, you know, teenage problems that I was having. And I felt, I really appreciated that he took the like that he noticed and mm-hmm. took the effort even though I don't know that it made a difference to my attendance or my the effort that I put in at school but it was still like really nice to know that someone cared I guess well, it was like I'm, a really sweet thing cuz I I was doing just as poorly or whatever or was just as unengaged in my other classes but mm-hmm. he was the only one who actually was like hey is everything okay
0: Well I mean let's hope he was doing it because that's you know the human thing to do and not to get your attendance
1: <laughs> to improve <Yeah. laughs> um,
0: also you know in terms of stuff that's happened on this show uh, so many adults are completely oblivious to these kinds of things so you know good on him for actually noticing mm-hmm. what was going on with with a young person
1: exactly uh, yeah and Mr. Cheslow uh, he's, Mr. he's Cheslo. pretty young so he's probably still teaching and okay. uh, I hope uh, the kids at Earl Haig or whatever school he's at now appreciate him Yeah. he was a good teacher
0: for sure All right, that brings us to the end of our second last episode of My So-Called Life, third last episode of this podcast, because why? Because there's a live podcast that you want to go get tickets for. Live
1: show. Live show,
0: October 22nd. This episode is going to drop on the 6th of October, so you still have plenty of time to get those tickets. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, we do as we have threatened and sell this, this thing out. Yep. Uh, but no, go to, the, Which, go to the website and please buy tickets. There's no <laughs> real jeopardy of it selling out unless you all get active. Don't tell really them that, active. But I just don't want them to feel like they're too late. There's still time. If you're <laughs> listening to this on time. October 6th, the likelihood that it sells out before this Thursday, very slim. Very slim. Um... And then we will have one more episode where we do the the season finale, which will be next week. And then the live show on October 22nd, which, of course, we will post shortly thereafter for those who can't attend. And then uh, we will drop our mics, which will make a terrible noise. I don't know if you've ever actually listened to a podcast where they drop mics, but that's not pleasant. So we'll warn you.
1: We might turn them off before before we do that.
0: Um, But thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can get this show at ModernSuperior.com. It's part of the Modern Superior Network. Those guys are also doing a live show, I should mention, on October 23rd. Oh, yeah. So there is a Modern Superior uh, live show weekend accidentally happening. This was (laughs) not obviously planned, but it just happened that those things uh, coincided. So you can get information about that at ModernSuperior.com. I will also be tweeting out stuff about that at my life as I uh, continue to tweet out about our own event and our shows. So a big grand finale in a few weeks' time, and we are looking forward to, to that. Yeah. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network.